Welcome to You Need a Coach, Bitch. I'm your host, Chris Hale. I'm a certified life coach and coach instructor. I'm also a master dance educator and self-proclaimed Zenial Pop Diva. Every week, I bring you a conversation to help you harness your inner authority by popping the patriarchy and crafting the life of your dreams. Are you ready to unleash your inner creator? Let's go. Hey, what's up, besties? How are you doing? Happy Thursday. What is new in your lives? Honestly, I would actually love to hear from you. Please don't be strangers. Lately, I have been thinking about starting some kind of community, but I don't want a Facebook group. I tried that shit once and it was awful. And then I tried to do it with a friend of mine where we had a group together, but neither one of us really were like interested in kind of keeping it up. So anyway, um, the other thing I was actually thinking about was a Patreon. So if you're a fan of the pod and you would be interested in supporting the show in exchange for some kind of bonus content, like, I don't know, something that's not so lesson focused and maybe more focused on like the random rants and shit that like comes out of my brain, um, you know, like about gay dating shows, um, and such, or where I go through the episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and talk about them from a coach's perspective. If, you know, you want bonus content like that and you want to be a Patreon supporter, let me know because, like, if there's a market for it, I will do it. The other bonus I was thinking about was doing, um, which I'm probably going to do anyway, but this would be specifically just to my mailing list. So if you're not on my mailing list, you want to get on it. Um would be weekly free group coaching. And I have to work out all the kinks and decide who gets what features, all of that. But if you are into any of this, let me know. Sometimes it's not enough to just like tune in weekly and like passively ingest what I'm putting out in the world. If you want it, ask for what you want, people. I'm here to serve you. Okay, so I mentioned this on Instagram last week. Um, And I was super cryptic about it. And I don't know if I'll actually go back to Instagram and tell them about it, but you're going to get to hear about it. Because I wanted to share that um, I'm currently taking some of my own advice, embarking on something that I want to tell you about. So I'm always telling you all that you need to take the path of least resistance and you need to let things be easy and go with the flow and stop making things so hard when they don't need to be. And so I had this idea to reach out to a certain organization that I worked for in the past, and I've been considering working for them again. And that organization is SoulCycle. And for whatever reason, I just kind of finally took action on it. And it's not that I haven't taken action on it in the past. Back in 2018, I reached out to them about coming back and... In the time that it took the woman to get back to me, I like had a change of heart. But honestly, y'all, I did not actually have the time then. And I do have the time now. Since I'm no longer teaching dance and I run my own business, I personally always like to have a couple of different things going on. So in the past, I was always working at several different studios. And like Kaylin and I had our company together. And then I was teaching at different studios. We had our company together. And I was at SoulCycle. <laughs> And then we stopped doing company stuff. I stopped doing SoulCycle, but I was still teaching at a couple of different studios and I was doing real estate. 
And then I was teaching at a couple of studios and being a life coach. You get what I'm saying, right? And so for the last year, I've like only been coaching. And I really realized how much I actually like need sort of a change of environment. And if you've downloaded intuitive scheduling, you know how important environment is as one of the pillars of things to consider when you're making your schedule. And I just know for me that like, even if I'm like working on something, like I'm working on content and I kind of hit a roadblock, I'll like go out into the kitchen and like unload the dishwasher. A, I get a sense of accomplishment from doing something like that. But B, my mind keeps kind of working on the thing that I was working on sort of in the background and it brings up other stuff. And I feel like that really happens for me more and more, like where I like to cross-reference or cross-pollinate the different things that I'm working on. So when I was teaching at SoulCycle the first time, it really did inform why the way I was teaching dance. And obviously the way that I taught dance was sort of the bedrock of how I taught SoulCycle, right? So I like having different things on the go. And so here's the thing. So last Friday, I reached out, and not even to actually somebody I even know. I was just on the website kind of looking at if they were doing auditions or what was going on, if they were hiring. I saw an email for, like, auditions at SoulCycle, and, you know, I just sent an email there. Well, Monday morning, I got a response, and it's like, hey, good to hear from you. Let's jump on a call. Now, normally, I would be completely panicked about a call, but I didn't panic. I was just like, yes, I'm going to get on this call. And it was all like, this is perfect timing. Over the last couple of years, we've had people come back and it's been really great. And we actually have a training starting this week, literally this week. And so if you would be down, we'd love to add you to this training. And I was like, whoa, holy crap, head spinning. What the fuck? But you know what? It was perfect timing. And While I was not anticipating this at all, right, like I thought that it would take some time, you know, like this was just going to be a first conversation that I imagined would take a couple months to, to like take off, but it did not. And here it was. It was so easy and it was flowing and they seemed happy to hear from me. And there are class openings out here in Jersey at Short Hills that like need to be filled and everything was just kind of landing right in place. And so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to think too hard about this. I'm not going to stress it. I'm going to take my own advice. And when something is easy, I'm going to pursue it. And there is the thing, like, it doesn't even mean that, like, in the end, I even have to go back if I don't want to. I mean, I do want to. But you know what I mean? It's like, I'm just committing to, like, this moment being in the flow. I'm just committing to that. I'm being with the flow. So I actually started training today and... It was so fun to be back and to be in the groove and to be talking about this stuff. And, you know, I retained so much of it over the last nine years since I've taught there. Um, It was all still in there. And I'm super excited to see how this evolves. I'll keep reporting on the journey as it it goes along. But I, I just wanted to show you that I do take my own advice. That when there's an opportunity to ride a wave of something that I do want that is just happening with ease, I'm committed to exploring it because it's so important that we don't make a struggle out of every single fucking thing that we do. Can I get an amen? So that's my little life update, and I will keep you posted. Today, I want to talk about feelings. We've talked about feelings in the past, We've talked about feelings that motivate us and feelings that 
get us to accomplish things. And we've talked about processing feelings. And we've also talked about the fact that feelings are really the reason why we do or don't do anything, right? They're what drive us. And it's not even just about like the feeling drives us into action. The feeling is the motivation. It's the why behind everything. So I'm either trying to create a feeling, right? So when I want to achieve a goal, it's because I want the feeling that comes at the end of it. And I'll give you an example. A lot of people, you know, when they talk about reaching their financial goals, and I ask them how they think they're going to feel when they reach that financial goal, a lot of times the first answer they give me is relieved, which means that what they're actually searching for is to stop feeling a feeling, right? Because maybe they feel stressed or they feel strapped or they feel pressure or they feel urgency. And they're looking for a way to get out of those feelings. So it's really not the feeling of relief that they're after necessarily. It's what do they want relief from? So their motivation, their why to achieving that goal is so that they can stop feeling a feeling. And so we actually want to do some work to realize that like it's okay to feel that negative feeling that they're feeling. And actually the way to shift out of it is to be in the present moment and start focusing on the work that it's going to take to get there and how to cultivate other kinds of feelings in the moment. And this is what we talked about in the episode where we talked about commitment and focus and determination. So that's kind of like all stuff we've done before. What I want to focus on today is the fact that your feelings are yours and they're about you and they impact you and nobody else. And I think that this is a really important topic, especially for my highly sensitives out there, of which I am a highly sensitive and empathic person and all those things. I would totally wear those labels, right? As a reflector, I am meant to reflect back the health of communities. Um, As somebody who experienced a lot of childhood trauma, I am super attuned to other people. And so I went my whole life just thinking that I was really affected by other people's emotions. And you're probably thinking this too, some of you out there, that you're just like, I just take on everyone else's emotions. And that is not true. (laughs) So I want to break this down a little bit. You're only capable of feeling your own feelings. When you think you're taking on somebody else's feeling, you're probably doing a couple of things, right? One of them might be mind reading. So you might witness somebody do something, maybe they make a face at you, and then you start trying to read their mind and interpret what you think they're thinking or feeling. And then from that place, you start having a feeling because you're like, oh, they're mad at me, right? Like, so you see their body language or the face that they make, and you all of a sudden mind read, you project into their head and actually project your own thoughts onto them. And so what you're actually responding to in that moment is your own feeling because it is the feeling that's created from your thinking about what they're thinking. And I'm just going to let that sit in for a second, right? That feeling is being created by your thinking about what you think they're thinking. But there's another part of this that is really unconscious that is what makes us empaths feel 
or think that we're actually taking on other people's feelings. And that is all of the unconscious or subconscious stuff that we're picking up. So as social beings, we actually are very attuned to people's body language. And there's this whole mechanism running in the background. We've talked about this before, where we're making predictions and forecasting and putting pieces together that make sense to build a a story around subconsciously. So you might be picking up on these cues subconsciously, and then you start to have a feeling, and you tell yourself that it's you being impacted or affected by somebody else's feeling, but it's still the same mechanism as the conscious one where we're making up a story. It's just running in the background. So we're not as aware of the fact that it's all happening inside of us. So I think this is a really important thing for so many of us. And this is not to say that you can't sense energy, because maybe you can feel shifts in energy. But still, there is a mechanism that makes up a story about what that shift in energy means, right? So maybe there is an actual biological shift in the person standing in front of you. Maybe their heart rate starts to increase and you actually can like feel that increase like somehow like energetically. We don't know why someone's heart rate might be increasing, but subconsciously you might start making up a story about the fact that like they're getting mad at you. Maybe they're just really anxious. Maybe they're uncomfortable, but we're just picking up on a shift in the energy in the room And again, we start making up a story about what's going on for them instead of getting curious about what's actually going on for them. And this is where we get into trouble, is that place where we stop being curious and we decide that we know for a fact what's going on. So I don't want you to discount your ability to sense shifts in energy, but I do want you to question the story that you tell yourself about those shifts in energy. Do you see what I'm saying? It's a different thing. I'm never going to tell anybody that they're not experiencing what they're experiencing. And what I mean by that is like that you have some kind of physical reaction to something that's going on in your space, right? Because that's our whole nervous system that, again, we don't have conscious control over and we don't know what kinds of things we're filtering for and not filtering for in that subconscious space. So, yeah. You might all of a sudden experience a shift in energy in the room that then shifts your energy. And what I'm saying is, let's not just automatically assume we know what's going on for the other person and say that we've taken on their feelings. I'm saying let's stop and pause for a moment and say like, okay, what is this about? Is this my stuff or is this their stuff? Okay, if it's my stuff, what is it for me? If I go inside and I realize that it actually has nothing to do with me and I can't find a connection inside of me, then I'm going to get curious about what's going on for the other person. I'm not going to assume and become reactive. I'm going to start, I don't know, asking some questions, right? And not, are you mad at me? Because then that puts the burden on the other person. You're asking them to solve for your uncomfortable emotion. The more appropriate thing to do in that scenario would be to kind of own what you're experiencing. So... It seems like your energy might have shifted, or I felt your energy shift. What's going on? Are you okay? Is there something I can help you with, right? Like really get curious with them in a genuine way that's not centering yourself in that situation. And this goes back to the earlier point of you just want to stop feeling the icky, weird feeling that you're feeling, 
So if you can get clarity on what's going on with them by making it about you, like, hey, are you mad at me? And they can say like, no, 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 I'm not mad at you. Then you're like, oh, good. I can feel good now. That's just like you trying to satisfy yourself versus actually showing any interest in the pain or struggle of the other person in front of you. It's also a little bit, um, I don't know, egotistical in a sense, right? In believing that any everything that's going on for them is about you. So I think the most generous thing that we can do for other people in situations like this is assume that it's not about us and get curious. And then if they tell us that it's about us, be ready to receive that. But don't automatically center yourself in their narrative. The other side of your emotions are about you is that whatever you feel for someone is only felt by you, right? So we've already talked about how you can't feel other people's emotions. Well, other people can't feel your emotions. So when you tell someone you love them, that's about you. It's not about them. They can't feel your love. Now, It's like, well, what's the point of being in a relationship then if, like, the person that I'm with doesn't know I love them? And I would say that, like, it's relationships are hard. And your feelings of love, while they only impact you, can be the driver for you to show your love. And that's where we get into kind of like the love language conversation, even though that book is like kind of problematic and like we don't love it. But the one good thing that it gave us is being curious about our partners and the ways in which they recognize that we care for them. So it's not that you always have to like do acts of service or something, But it might be a conversation about like, okay, I'm saying that I love you and it feels like you don't appreciate that I love you. And maybe asking your partner like, like, is there a way in which I could display or act out love that would show you how I feel inside? Because again, you saying I love you or the feeling of love that you have for them is yours and yours alone and does not actually impact them unless you do things to display that love in some kind of obvious way. This is especially important when we're talking about like trust inside relationships, safety inside relationships. And it might actually be easier to access if we think about it this way, because we might all be able to agree on this sort of more extreme idea. But like, When it comes to trust within a relationship, like someone's words need to match their actions. So if they say they're going to do something, do they actually follow through, right? That's how their words match their actions. That's the same thing with love. They say that they love you, but do their actions match their words? And I remember so clearly, I think I've actually brought up this example before, that Brene Brown was asked a question by someone like, can someone love you if they've cheated on you? And she's like, well, I can't say whether they love you or not, but I can say that they were not acting out of love when they did that, right? So there's a difference, right? There's the feeling that that person has 
which is feeling like love for the other person, then there's their action. And you can see how maybe their actions are not matching their words in that situation. Because if you love someone, you probably wouldn't cheat on them. Or maybe not love, maybe like respect them, right? I respect you. I We are a team, which means I'm going to be on the lookout in support of you. I'm going to think about your health. Your health is a priority to me. Your safety is a priority to me. So when someone's cheating on you, they're basically showing that your health is not a priority. Your safety is not a priority. So again, if they're saying, I love you and I respect you and we're a team together and we're doing this life together, well, their actions are not indicative of that being true. Another thing that we know in terms of creating safety in a relationship is what we talked about last week in terms of our client relationships that we're then going to connect to our personal relationships, but that idea of validation. So safety is created when there's a a certain level of validation happening, right? Where they're not asking you to question your reality. So there's kind of this theme right, where we can see that I can feel a certain way about someone, but if I want them to actually receive that feeling, it's not enough for me to just feel it. I'm not going to transfer that feeling into their body from my body. I actually have to show up in a way that is consistent with that feeling so that it can really be felt by the other person. And we are also responsible for cultivating our own feelings within a relationship. So if somebody is showing up and is doing all the things that you've asked them to do and is respecting you and considers you and validates you and you still don't feel love, well, that's on you, right? Because again, their actions are not what is making you feel the love. Your perception of the situation is making you feel love. And your love is about you and your feelings are only about you. So we can't sit around and blame the other person. Well, you're just not doing the things that make me feel love. You also have to be willing to open up and experience that feeling of love yourself from within, generated by what you choose to tell yourself about what they're doing. And I would say that it's probably a really good red flag. It's a really good, like, warning sign or something you should take a look at. If your partner is actually showing up and says they love you and is willing to go the extra mile to do the things that you've asked for and you still don't feel the love, then that's clear that it's really not about them. And maybe you just don't want to do the work that it would take to feel the love that you say you want in that relationship. And so that is just some personal work that you can do. And it can be scary to do that. And we've talked about this before. You don't have to make your partner wrong to want to like not be with them anymore. Right? We don't always need to have a villain. We don't always need to have somebody who's done something wrong. But we're not accustomed to having relationships end in a healthy way. And so we start looking for problems, even when there aren't problems. So if you find yourself doing that really in any area of your life, it's time to sit down with yourself and have a good heart to heart. 
So that's it, friends. That's it for today. Your feelings are your own. You are responsible for them. Be aware of when you believe you're taking on other people's feelings and look for your responsibility in that. Be aware of when you're expecting other people to understand how you feel when you've done nothing to exhibit that love in a real material way. And also be aware that when everything, all the circumstances in your life are showing up and they're there and they're aligned and you have everything you want and you still don't have the feeling that you were looking for, that it really was never about all of those things to begin with, go inside and figure out what it is that you need to do to cultivate the way that you want to feel from the inside out. All right, friends, have a great week. If you are loving the podcast, it's time to put a ring on it. It would mean the world to me if you would do one or all of these things. First off, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts or all the places podcasts are available if you want to be extra. While you're there, giving a five-star rating and leaving a review would be epic. And lastly, spreading the love by sharing your favorite episode would be beyond. Thanks, love. We'll talk soon.